This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Adalia Hansen. My husband, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, is out of town. He's at a hospital with his daughter, Melita, who is in ICU. I kindly request you all to pray for her during your individual prayer time. We will pray for her after the program. In today's message, I'll be sharing about the shepherd of our souls. If you read Psalms 23, this is a chapter that all of us know it by heart. We meditate upon it. We confess it. But now I'm going to have an overview of verse 1 all the way to verse 4. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In this verse, talks about a relationship between believers and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the shepherd and the believers are the sheep. If you study what exactly the shepherd does, you will realize that he is the guide of the flock. He takes care of them. He tends to them. He leads them to a grazing land and fresh water. He serves as a veterinarian. He heals them of illnesses, mending broken bones, assists with birthing of new lambs. That's what a shepherd does to the sheep. He'll protect them from wild animals and robbers. And he actually does a recovery in terms of if the sheep wanders off and probably is caught in a bush or something, he pulls them out. And that is Jesus, the shepherd of our soul. Now let's go back to verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, the sheep always knows the shepherd. The sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. Thus, if you check the book of John 10 verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So it gives us an insight that as his sheep, we would discern his voice. If another calls out that it's not him, then we would know that this is not our shepherd that calls us. So every sheep, which is us, the believers, should have discernment and know which is the voice of God and which is the voice of the enemy. To be able to know also which is the voice of the flesh or is it a soulish voice that is speaking to us. If you read John 10 verse 14 to 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep. Jesus laid his life down for us. He did the great duty as a shepherd of our souls, that he laid down his life for us. He was bitten 
He was scourged. They condemned him to death. It was all for you and me. He chose to suffer for you and me. Now we have an understanding, as he must the shepherd, that we lack nothing. The verse that says, I shall not want. We look to Jesus as a provider. He provides for our every need. I remember there's a verse that I read that David says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. If you're a believer and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you believe in him in that he will provide your every need, you know, without faith, you cannot please God. So if you truly believe that you shall not lack anything, why would he withhold it from you? If you believe from the depths of your heart, I remember Jesus saying to one of his people, the people who came to him for help, he said, if only you believe. So I urge you today, take him at his word. If you're lacking something, why don't you ask him and say to him, doesn't your word say that I shall not lack anything? Jesus is faithful and he always keeps his word and his word does not return into him void. He fulfills everything that he sent it to do. He shall provide for your every need. Now the next verse says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The shepherds that take care of the sheep, he's the one that actually guides them to where there is pasture and where there is water. If you know much about sheep, you'll know they don't usually drink from a fast-flowing water. Neither do they lie down when they're hungry. So the shepherd will take them to a place where they could eat and where they could drink. The sheep are usually kept in a pen. And when they leave the pen, they're not permitted to just wander off wherever they want to go. So the shepherd sets a limit to where they could wander. And that's where Jesus comes in. You know, as sheep, we tend to wander off. We want to go on our own way. But Jesus, as the shepherd of our soul, what he does, he sets limits for our good. He's the one that goes in front of us and provides the example. The shepherd always goes in front of the sheep to provide an example for the sheep to follow. There's a verse in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 that says, The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And it ends by saying, Do not fear, neither be dismayed. Now, Jesus is the one who goes in front of us. He orders our steps. There's a verse I read in the Bible that says, it is not for a man to order his steps. So you being a follower of Jesus, it is him who orders your steps. And you see in the book of Psalms, David saying, order my steps. So it is for us to give him that space as the shepherd of our soul for him to lead us for him to order our steps onto where we should go and how far we should go, when to step and when to keep following. Meditate upon that. You cannot choose just things for yourself without having the shepherd actually choose for you on which path you should go. He is the one who knows the beginning from the end. He sees five years from now, ten years from now. You can only see tomorrow or the next minute. But he's the beginning end. He knows what would happen in the near future. So when you trust in him, you allow him to order your steps. And verse 3, it says, He restoreth my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores our soul. That's what I want to say something about that just now. You know, there are things that can happen to us that would cause damage to our soul. And if you start the Bible, it's in verse 3 that says he restores our soul. Now, to restore is to repair or to return to a former state. Now, the soul is the will, is the mind, and is the emotion. There are things that affect our will, our mind, and emotion that it's only him who can restore us to our former state, whereby for us to have a sound mind. The verse that says, he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Anything that is outside this thing is more of a damaged soul. There are things that have happened to us or are actually happening to us that have caused damage to our emotions, to our mind. You find that your thoughts are not aligned to his word. You find that your will is not aligned to his will and your emotions are all messed up. There's some hurt that people have gone through. Some people have been abused. Some people have been neglected. Some people were abandoned. Some people have gone through trauma. But here it says, He is the one that restores our soul. It is Him that restores our soul. Now, if we release ourselves to the shepherd of our soul and we ask of Him that, Lord, that you may restore my soul, and you know what the soul constitutes, that, Lord, my emotions are not aligned with you. I am hurting. I was hurt. Lord, I cannot make the right decisions because there are many voices. Lord, I've been following my own will all this time, that Lord, may you confirm your will to yours. So it is only him that can heal you of that hurt. It is only him that can heal your mind and heal your emotions, and that your will will be laid down, that you would follow him. And Jesus, when he was about to be taken to be crucified, he said, not my will, O Lord, but yours. When he restores your soul, you get to a point that you say, not my will, but yours. Because now your will has been aligned to his will. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Well, naturally, sheep tend to wander off and they get into a lot of trouble while at it. So henceforth, a sheep are animals who can't survive for long without a shepherd. They're dependent on him. And it's so are we. We should be totally dependent on the Lord. If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9, it talks about people who have gone astray, that you have turned to their own way. And then in reference to Isaiah 53 verse 6, it says, following lust of the flesh and eyes and pursuing the pride of life. So Jesus as the shepherd of his soul, what he does is he leads us to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What he does is he draws us back to him because we have a nature that just wants to do its own thing. The flesh wants to follow its own desires. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the flesh just wants to do what it wants to do. But when we submit to the shepherd of our soul, what he does as he draws us to him, he leads us to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. When we are lost, he comes after us. If you read the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. 
He does this to show us the way that will lead us to the Father. The shepherd usually takes care of the sheep and does not desire to lose not even one of them. And if one of them is lost, he will go after the one that has been lost. And this is a perfect example of what Jesus does. He goes after his own. He chastises his own. He says, whomsoever that the Lord chastises is the one that he loves. There are some things we go astray and we find ourselves in trouble. And he allows some things to happen. And then we learn from that lesson that we learn that apart from him, we can do nothing. We cannot be anything of any value without him. If we read the book of Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receives. If ye endure chastening, God deal with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Well, here it talks about how the Lord will chastise us because we are sons. And the emphasis I want to lay down on is that it says that if you're not chastened, then you're not a partaker. Then ye are bastards and not sons. So if the Lord chastens you, it's because of a love and because you are a son. So we should allow sometimes the Lord to chasten us because it's just to discipline us. There's a verse that I read that said that he is a refiner's fire and he's like a launderer's soap. And that he does that, that we may offer our offering with righteousness. So he does that to lead us to the path of righteousness, to cause us to walk in righteousness, that whatsoever we offer him, be it praise, worship, be it prayer, that it will be done in righteousness. If we also look at the book of Psalms, chapter 94, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man whom thou chastens, O Lord, and teaches him out of thy law. So we go back to Psalms 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. People find themselves in perilous situations, but we have the assurance that God never abandoned us. We might have a reason to be afraid, but we choose not to be afraid because we know that the Lord is with us. We too are as defenseless as sheep against wiles of the devil. But we take comfort in knowing our shepherd is the one who walks beside us. The shepherd does not always keep his sheep from sorrow, but he is with them. When the Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, found themselves in the fire, the form of the fourth man walked with them in the flames of fire. So if we're in the fire, if we're in the depths of the deepest of the valleys, the Lord is with us. If you're in a situation where you feel like you don't see a way out, you don't even know how to come out of it, but trust that Jesus is there with you. You might not feel him or see him, but his word is true and his word is pure and his word is sure that he is there with you. Remember the verse that we read before that says, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. If we go to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 to 17, 
It says at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. And then he goes on to say, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. If you feel you are alone, if you feel like there's no one to stand with you, well, there is a shepherd that will always stand with you through all the times, in good and in bad. We have someone whom we could look to and depend on and call upon. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We come to the deepest valley of all, but we know that Jesus, whom loves us so, is with us. The Holy Spirit is within you. The Holy Spirit is upon you. The Holy Spirit is around you. Jesus has given angels charge over you. They encamp around you day and night. And he is like the pillow of the fire by night and the cloud by day. His presence is for sure that he is with us. His eyes is upon you. And he will not take his eyes off you. Just like the shepherd usually keeps his eyes upon the sheep and tends to them and loves on them and makes sure that no harm comes upon them. So is Jesus. His eyes is on you. Now the book of Psalms 34 verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's a part of the verse that I want to explain here. Well, a shepherd carries a rod and staff. These are two different tools that a shepherd uses. So the rod is usually for guarding and protecting. The staff is for guiding and direction. Well, the staff has a hook and they call it a crook. It's kind of crooked a little bit. So this one is what the shepherd uses to hook a sheep's neck or leg to redirect or nudge them, not to hurt them, but this is to keep them safe. The staff is usually used for rescue. It's a recovery tool that a shepherd uses to probably pull a sheep from a thicket if it's caught. And then the rod is like a weapon. It's a weapon that protects the shepherd to protect the sheep against wolves or thieves or Anything of that sort that will try to harm the sheep. Now this talks about God's defensive power that he bestows upon his children. We know that we are guided and guarded by him. The rod being a weapon brings about a verse in Psalms that says, Though a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, it will not come near you. So Jesus is our defense. He's the one that defends us from evil. There's a verse that says, I have found favor in your sight, for you have not allowed the enemy to triumph over me. There's also a verse that says that he is our shield and he is our buckler. And he hides us in the secret pavilion. Now, Jesus is what we look upon for defense. He's the one that protects us from the evil one. We know that sheep can be defenseless and we need to be protected. We have that assurance that if we run unto him, then we are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and those who run unto it are safe. If you look at the tool of the staff, there's a verse in Jeremiah 10 verse 23 that says, The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. So the shepherd usually uses the staff. Sometimes they poke the sheep or just give it a little nudge. 
just to redirect the steps of the sheep that they will follow a certain path that is much safer. We may not always be able to see or understand, but we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. We may not know the why of many of our experiences, but we know that our shepherd knows and that is sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient for us. A father once was holding his little blind girl and a friend came by and then took the child and placed the child on his lap. Well, the child didn't cry. And then the daddy asked her, aren't you afraid? The father asked the daughter. He was telling the girl, you don't know who's holding you. The little girl said, no, no, I don't know, but you do. Well, she didn't have to know if the father knew that the person holding her was somebody who is safe. And so her faith in her daddy took away the fear. The faith that we have in Jesus takes away the fear of a lot of things. In that perfect love, because you know his love is perfect, it cuts out all fear. When we take him at his word, that we totally believe in him, that whatever may come my way, I surely know that the Lord is with me. And through it all, he has been with me and he will be with me. So now we're going to take this time and pray for Dr. Jonathan Hansen, that's our pastor, and his daughter, Melita Hansen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just love on you right now, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are a good, good Father. We put our trust in you. We do not take our eyes off you. That when the storm comes and it blows on us, we know, Lord, that you are with us because you are the peace giver. So, Lord, we just speak your peace that surpasses all human understanding upon my husband. I pray, Lord, that your peace will engulf him and that he will rest in your arms, knowing that, Lord, you are the one who is in control. There is nothing that takes you by surprise because, Lord, you are the God Almighty that leads us through the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And that, Lord, you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, I thank you for the peace that is going to overtake him and overshadow him. For you are the Prince of Peace. And, Lord, I also thank you for the life of Melita Hansen. I thank you, Lord, that through it all you are with her. I thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you have showed yourself strong. I thank you, Jesus Christ, that you have rebuked the enemy. The Lord, you have calmed the storms round about her right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your light that has shone in the darkness. I thank you, O great physician, that you have worked in her. I thank you, Lord, that you have healed her, Lord, and you have made her whole. I thank you, Father, Lord God Almighty, that you have given her the assurance that you are there with her. You're the Lord that knew her from the foundations of the earth. Lord, you know her beginning. And you know her end. We thank you, Lord, that the prayers that other people have offered have come before you like sweet, sweet incense. And that, Lord, the tears that the people have shed because of the situation, your angels came and put them in bottles and now they're stored in heaven. And that, Lord, you have opened the book of remembrance, oh dear God, that, Father, because your servant has served you with all that he is, thereby 
You have opened a book of remembrance and you have stretched your scepter, Lord, of favor upon him. That father, the desire of his heart, that his daughter will awake from that bed, healed and made whole, is what you shall give him. Because it pleases you much, O God Almighty, to give unto your servant, O God Almighty, the desires of his heart. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. I praise your holy name. And now, Lord, I present unto you the listeners, Lord, that are listening at this moment. And, Father, I lift them up before you, O God Almighty. I pray, Father, for a blessing upon them. I pray, Father, for a healing upon them, Lord, whosoever is sick, whether physically. And, Father, any emotional strain, any emotional, Father, trauma that anybody is listening, that is going through or went through, Father, I pray, O Jesus Christ, for you are the great physician, that, Lord, by your Spirit, you will make them whole. Renew their minds, Father. Restore their soul. Anything, Lord, that caused them not to walk the path that you have chosen for them because of fear. I pray, Father, for the assurance that you never leave them nor forsake them, O dear God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that fear may be cast away from them in Jesus' name. That, Father, that they may be strong in you, O God, that they may know that all things work together for good for those who love you. And so, Father, we thank you and we give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening for today's program. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.